Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it. Colquitt will hold it. Twenty twenty tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up. It is right down the boulevard. It's good. And the Chiefs take a twenty three to twenty lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? Welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? You're listening to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast with myself, Brad Simcox, and the Arrowheads Abroad Supremo himself, Tom Childs. Tom Childs, um, Tom Childs yeah. Um, mate, it's a bit sucky, this, at the minute. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about the draft, but um, we did promise everybody before, well, it was a couple of, couple of episodes ago, I think it was, that uh, when the Tyreek Hill news broke, um, that we wouldn't actually mention anything until we had some kind of evidence um mm-hmm. and it's been a bit turbulent because the da office basically said that uh, they weren't pressing any charges against him they thought there was a there, were, there was a crime committed and we were thought well if there's no charges no problem and then literally hours later there was an audio file came out and it just swung the other way completely didn't it mate it did it's to say it's been an up and down week has oh, terrible is a bit of an understatement to be honest um, we've all been excited about the draft we were obviously very excited about the Frank Clark news the last time we were on the podcast yeah. and we're gearing ourselves up and looking at needs potentially in the draft the likes of a tight end or a cornerback of safety but then obviously KCTV come out with this audio footage that Tyreek Hill's girlfriend's crystal actually recorded of them in Dubai um, on a trip and what we heard on this audio, okay, we only heard three minutes of the 11, but what we heard was enough to warrant waving goodbye to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, mate. I think the the things that were said in there, um, she was clearly recording this. I, there's, there's either two ways I, I look at it and, and the way this, why she was recording this. Either she was feeling herself in her situation, Mm-hmm. That um, she needed to have some kind of insurance on Tyreek Hill, um, or well, well, I don't even know what the other other option is. I think that's the only one now. I think that's. I think she's she's recorded the conversation to really back herself, really. But it's kind of damned them both in a way, well, it because has... she's actually admitted on it, saying that she's covered up for his lies. But again, it goes back to was she fearing herself? That. No. That could be an option, but couples do lie for each other, especially when you think about that they're at risk of losing their son because mm-hmm. of it. So, and although I don't agree with it, I kind of understand that to try and keep the family together, people do do crazy things. Yeah. It's what happens. But for Tyreek Hill to blow up at her like he does, to mm-hmm. say that she should be terrified of him, um, to openly admit and or, or talking about punching his son in the chest, his he didn't deny son, anything, did he? as part of discipline um, that's ludicrous to me maybe I come from a different place and that's I see that as wrong but to me that shouldn't be acceptable anywhere in the world yeah about the belting there yeah the belting the punching in the chest this is a three year old what can a three year old possibly do to warrant getting punched in the chest exactly 
there is nothing. There's nothing at all. My son's nearly free, and I wouldn't hurt a bone in his body. No. And it doesn't matter what he's done. Um, I he gets told off as all two three year olds should, but there's no need to go to physical violence of that extreme okay yes you can smack a child if you feel that's the way you want to parent i'm probably not going to kick off about that as long as you don't leave marks but Mm. when you get into the point where you're punching your son in the chest you're belting him when people accuse you or talk about you possibly breaking your son's arm if that's the type of discipline that you're handing out at home on a regular of course people are going to look at you and think yeah he probably did break his son's arm because the police think a crime was committed they just couldn't prove it Mm -hmm. and the reason why they couldn't prove it is because Crystal as she says in this audio tape she rided for Tyreek meant she covered up for him Mm -hmm. like I said earlier I kind of understand why she done that but obviously it's become too too far for her now that she fears for herself at home that she felt like she needed to leak this audio and begin proceedings of hopefully leaving that toxic relationship mm-hmm. you uh, you actually wrote a good article on this afterwards didn't you that um you felt that this needs to be taken out of the chief's hands and the nfl needs to do something about this because yeah. there's there's that fear that there's the there's a repeat of the kareem hunt situation yeah. where the chiefs took that moral decision cut him and then he gets signed by another team and everything's all forgotten about yeah this is my problem with the nfl if you've got talent things get forgotten about and I said this back in December when Kareem Hunt um, got released if it was Demetrius Harris no one would have cared (laughs) no one would have kicked off no one would have signed him but the uh, the problem with the NFL is that talent rules Mm -hmm. over everything Uh, it's why Adrian Peterson still has a job Um, it's probably why Ray Rice doesn't have a job because Mm -hmm. he's not that great a running back to take the risk on it's why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job now if Colin Kaepernick was a world-beating quarterback okay he has has no domestic violence or violent history but he's just simply not worth the hassle for the teams yeah but yeah. talent is worth the hassle and this is where the NFL need to protect the Chiefs because the Chiefs will have their morals when they cut him and rightly so good for them they shouldn't be play- keeping a player that especially a family organization yeah. as the Chiefs exactly and especially one with their history with the Belcher thing Obviously, they've got the cream hunt thing. They got a lot of flack for drafting Tory Kill in the first place. Um, the team needs to be protected by the NFL, and ultimately, ultimately, the way that the NFL can protect the Chiefs is by banning Tory Kill for life from the NFL. Because if they come out with a blanket ban, then the Chiefs don't risk losing anything. Okay, they lose a talented player, but at least they're not going to see that talented player lining up opposite them mm-hmm. again. And I know the game it is bigger than a game. But at the end of the day, these are assets to the team. The team wants to win. So from their standpoint, they can't afford to be losing a player like this to another team again. I don't personally care, to be honest. And I want to clear that up. I'm just looking at it from their standpoint because they know that there's a a, a possible opportunity to be playing Kareem Hunt in the playoffs next December or next January. And the, the Chiefs say Kareem Hunt runs all over and the Chiefs will be like, well, this guy kicked the girl he lied to us we cut him we done the right thing but now he's running in touchdowns for the Browns against us mm-hmm. where where do we so yeah we've got our morals but who's who's the real losers here it's not Kareem Hunt he's got in a contract it's not the Browns they've got a great player and so this is why I think the Chiefs are delaying the decision yeah. I think if it was as black and white as the um, 
or say for example if the cream cream hunt thing hadn't happened I think the Chiefs have already cut Tariq Tariq Hill yeah. but I don't think they want to get burnt twice so I think they are waiting on the league yeah. I don't like. There's no possible way Tyreek Hill is playing for this team. If the if the league doesn't come out and ban him, they will cut him. Well, but I think I think they're hoping to get reassurances from the league first. Yeah, the, the, the fan base has already turned. I mean, oh, and, I know there's the, there's the odd few out there that are still almost giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, it's because he's got talent. Exactly, and it's you know reason. it's it's swung that much now. I mean, um, <laughs> I did a video on this, and you 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 obviously tweeted out on our heads abroad and it's reached like 11,000 views and almost everybody on that backs what I said on there um, about everything that we've just discussed basically saying this is it we, we you know we can't move forward with Tyreek Hill anymore mm-hmm. nobody's going to be buying the jerseys nobody's going to be you know supporting him whenever he gets the ball you know people will boycott it's, I honestly yeah. think people will boycott games because I personally wouldn't want to go and watch a game and have to cheer on or feel like I need to cheer on a player that does that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now that I'm a dad myself, I understand where parents, why parents get so angry about things like this. I'm not saying you have to be a parent to be angry about it, but I think it certainly helps, if that's yeah. the right word. Um, but I wouldn't want to cheer on Tariq Hill. I don't want him playing for the team again. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of right-minded play- people are like that. I mean, when you've got, a, but the problem is when you've got a franchise like Arsenal, it's so starved of success. We've gone from a team that looks Super Bowl bound to losing Kareem Hunt and Tariq Hill. I think that does cloud judgment, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to cut, totally be up on people for thinking that way, because although I think they're a little bit backwards, I'm not going to completely be up on them. But yeah. I do. I just I feel like. This needs to be wrapped up sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. because the longer this on, the longer this drags on, the more of a cloud it's going to pull over the organisation. And I, I just I don't think the Chiefs need this right now. Um, yeah. Not 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 again anyway. Yeah. Neil Swift uh, basically asked that question as well on Arrowhead Broad. Uh, he said the combination of Mahomes, Hunt, Hill, and Kelsey looked like a Super Bowl lock-in with an average D. How much has that been damaged with the loss of the two? I mean, we're staring at this now where we had probably the most feared offence in the league and now we've mm-hmm. got half that. Yeah, you potentially got four pros on that. Mm-hmm. Then with Mahomes, obviously the MVP, Kareem Hunt, who we all know how good he was in his first season and how good a season he was having last year. Mm-hmm. Tariq Hill was a game changer that had it all. Was hanging out with Usain Bolt a few weeks ago. Was due a $100 million contract. Was the most feared non-quarterback in the league. And he had it all. Screwed it up, and obviously you've got Travis Kelsey. So yeah, it, it, you've taken away half of that talent. Yeah. Um, admittedly, it's probably the half we could afford to lose because I do feel like Kelsey and Mahomes are more important than the other two. Yeah, but Kelsey's going to get triple covered now, isn't he? He is, but we've got Andy Reid, and so whilst we've got Andy Reid, I'm I'm not worried about that. If we didn't have him, then I kind of would be a little bit sceptical. But we've got Reid, we've got Mahomes, and let's not forget Damian Williams come in last year and replaced Hunt very well. He did actually, yeah. He yeah, played yeah. really, well, he, really well. Uh, he played well against games. the Patriots as well. He did in the few games that he was there. He, it was the team didn't really just seem like they skipped much of a beat when it comes to the running back position. Obviously, Hill was a different kettle of fish. That's a lot, lot harder mm-hmm. of a mountain to climb when it comes to replacing him. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, we uh, we'll we'll move on. I think with uh, with that story because um, whatever happens, obviously we'll we'll give our our comments on it. Uh, deciding 
whatever the Chiefs will do with it or whether the NFL will get involved. They've got to get involved now. But the, uh, the it, it really blew up, blew apart the Chiefs draft plan, really, didn't it? Because um, we had that big move with Frank Clark giving up our first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, which we like the move, but again we've got this we've got this issue now where we've got somebody who has a past, um, and fans are a bit a little bit nervy now because we've got this third player who's had this past, and you know does that concern you anymore? No, because I'm not one for stopping giving out second chances. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen Pro Football Talk going back to the Tyreek Hill thing, Pro Football Talk all week have been talking about how the Chiefs are a terrible organisation for still yeah. keeping Hill on the team. They're saying, oh, the Chiefs should be punished for drafting guys like this. Well, that goes against everything I believe in. I absolutely believe in second chances. I do. Because if you didn't have second chances, if as soon as someone commits a bad mistake, you might as well just dig a hole for them and chuck them in it. Because mm-hmm. if every employer fought like that, people wouldn't have jobs and then crime would rise. And then, okay, you get some people that reoffend, but in, you can get people, you can get people that rehab themselves and go on to lead good lives. So people should have second chances. Yeah. If you took that away from the NFL teams, the opportunity to do that, you wouldn't get success stories. And I hope that Frank Clark is a success story. Um, mm. Obviously, he will be looked at a little bit more carefully yeah. by Chiefs fans now because they've been burnt by Tyreek Hill yeah. um, but Tyreek Hill had his second chance when he was drafted he doesn't deserve a third I think my stance on it was his girlfriend at the time gave him a second chance and I think that helped with me coming to terms with it because I remember when we first drafted him I thought mm-hmm. yeah he's got a pass there um, but yeah it was this you know it was this second chance that his girlfriend gave him and then she became his fiance and all that and we all we all had this lovely image of Tyreek turning his life around you know with his, mm-hmm. you know he's got the family family unit there but it just looks all like a, a lie now doesn't it that's the, it that's the problem looks um, like we've been hoodwinked it does yeah and you know we feel we feel gutted that we've been hoodwinked but mm-hmm. more importantly we've, we feel more gutted for what's been happening to his kid yeah, 100%. That's the most important thing yeah. here. And that that cannot be lost. Yes, we've all lost a fantastic footballer that's going had was going to help us possibly reach a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Blah de blah de blah de blah. But that is nowhere near as important as the safety of yeah. his son. His his son's safety is more important than anything football related. Even exactly. Mahomes, even exactly. Patrick Mahomes. Well, let's talk a bit more about the draft to cheer ourselves up a bit, uh, shall we? Yes, because I'm really happy about this, by the way. I am as well, and yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on it, because um, we we mentioned beforehand, uh, I don't know if we actually mentioned it in the podcast, but I, I think me and you just chatting, I basically said that means that the Chiefs are going to go wide receiver now in, in round two. And you weren't overly convinced, but I think you kind of came around to it before it happened, didn't it? <laughs> you thought, yeah, they're probably going to go with a wide receiver here. And they actually picked up an almost like-for-like replacement in a way for mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill with uh Michael Hardman. Yeah, great name. Yeah, Michael Hardman. Yeah. I saw I saw a tweet earlier today and it said if um this bloke doesn't look like Phil Mitchell then I am not <laughs> going to buy his jersey. <laughs> Hardman. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh he's from Georgia. He's uh very speedy, very quick. He does a, he runs a 4-3, is it? Yeah. Um and he's a good punt returner. Where have you heard that before? Yeah. You could so, literally copy Tyreek Hill's draft profile and yeah. line it up against Miko Hardman's and you would be able to tell a difference. Exactly. 
Um, yeah, but he's a, a route runner that needs a lot of work. He's not quite the, yet the finished article. Um, <laughs> will be used in the will be used in the the punt return and the kick return game. Um, may transform into a deep threat wide receiver on a consistent basis. It's yeah. just Tyreek Hill, and we knew as soon as this news come out on Wednesday night that the Chiefs was it Wednesday or was it Thursday? I can't remember now. Uh, yeah. Wednesday or Thursday Wednesday, when this news come out that the Chiefs would be targeting a wide receiver early in this draft, and that's exactly what they did. And they had a choice of a few as well. Um, on Friday night when the second round was halfway through obviously a lot of corners had been taken so mm-hmm. it was more than likely that the Chiefs were going to go wide receiver or safety with that that first pick of theirs at 61 they obviously moved up to 56 because they saw some teams in front of them the likes of the Eagles and the Cowboys teams that need wide receivers yeah. and they went up and got their guy I honestly thought they were going to go Paris Campbell I did or, D- well. <laughs> or, or DK Metcalf that's yeah. what I was hoping I was hoping it was Paris Campbell because it would have meant I got a pick right yeah. and he ended up getting picked like two or three picks later. I was hoping it was um, going to be Adderley. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. never going to happen, was it? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, they, they had a choice. They had Metcalf, I'll say, go Whiteside, Paris Campbell. Obviously, Hakeem Butler was still there at the time. Mm. And they had a choice, but the guy they went with was Hardman. And I think that's got the Tyreek Hill influence written all over yeah. it. Because he, was, it? he is the most like... Tyreek Hill and he's the one that if you have a guy in there that's like Tyreek Hill has a similar skill set similar sort of traits it means you don't have to change the offense too much like you can keep a similar structure you don't have to go messing around with Mahomes head and by say for example you buy or go out and draft a guy like DK Metcalf who can't really do a lot laterally at all you just send him on go routes and as Tyreek Hill was much more than a go route runner Hardman might only be that to begin with but he may develop into a guy that can do all the similar sort of things that Tyreek Hill done um, yeah. especially last year so yeah I, I, I did like the pick some people say that we reached as possibly we did we possibly could have still had him at 61 and kept our fifth round pick but overall um I wasn't too bothered. There was a need there. We know Brett Veach likes to identify needs and go up and get them. And that's exactly what he did. It's keeping the playbook right, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, that's, I, that's what that I, was about. It was a playbook pick. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Just to slot him in there. Um, I, I quite like the pick. I, um, I'm looking forward to seeing him, um, seeing if he is a, almost a carbon copy of Tyreek Hill, other than the off-field issues. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, did you see that story beforehand as well? When the, when the Chiefs were picked him, Oh, um, about his tweets. When there he was, was some 13. tweet when he was thirteen, and I was yeah. like, "Really? Yeah, are we really going to go down that route?" He's just been selected, his greatest night of his life, and people are already trolling through his his tweets at as, as a teenager. The vultures, the oh, vultures, it's like. Man. I'm not sitting here saying everyone's perfect, but I'm sure a lot of thirteen-year-olds like said something stupid that they didn't really mean. They said yeah. things without really understanding what they were saying I probably done it you probably done it we don't have Everyone, Twitter back then mate. yes very true Everyone, <laughs> when I was 13 yeah yeah <laughs> I said it, it was said it out loud and it was forgotten about um, but yeah I, I'm not going to get on the guy's case for tweets he sent when he was 13 um, he probably didn't even understand what he was saying and it just it does sicken me a little bit that you do get these guys that as soon as someone's drafted they want to release be the mm-hmm. new story and go for all their Twitter and social media accounts and basically find any way to have your five minutes of fame. Um, it, it's like just, the total just, opposite of what we have, isn't it? We have all the stats of like, the height they are and all that kind of thing, and yet yeah. the media has, right, we've got all this 
dish the dirt on the all these different players that if the Chiefs select him, we're going to go straight down the straight down the road with that. Not not celebrate his wonderful night of getting selected yeah, exactly. by an NFL trying to thing. ruin trying to ruin his perfect night because these yeah. guys work so hard for this night, and that's why I think it's lost. I think that's why it makes the draft so special. Yeah, we don't have anything to this equivalent. Yeah. Uh, in in the UK, the draft is a fantastic sporting event. It's a fantastic spectacle of seeing what, 12, 13, 15 years worth of work culminate into them mm-hmm. becoming professional sports stars in one night, signing big contracts and ch- just changing their lives. And I love it. And I've got no time for dickheads that want to try and ruin that for people by exactly. going through their social media accounts. Yeah, that's definitely what the Premier League's missing over here a draft system. So you're not getting like Dave's yeah. team, Man City, buying every best player in the, in the just, world. I don't think. I think you've got the issue, obviously, of the amount of players and how worldly football slash soccer is compared to American football. Uh, I, I think that football is way past a system similar to the NFL and the American yeah. sports. It, it would never work no. um, because I don't. I don't know how there's money in it. To, <laughs> well, I don't know how you begin to set set that up like I'm not being funny the biggest university sporting event we have in the UK is a boat race <laughs> yeah and it's the same two boats two, same two yeah. universities every year once a year like yeah. imagine going to watch I don't know the University of East Anglia yeah versus Leicester de Montfort <laughs> in a football match yeah you just can't see it happening really you wouldn't can watch you? it would you no. Mind you, no. have you noticed the boat race is full of Americans and Canadians? Is it really? Yeah, you get like one British guy in the boat. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Seriously, you, if you ever watch it. Yeah, yeah, I used to no, watch I it don't, quite often. No, I don't watch it. I don't watch it. <laughs> you know, I used to watch it quite often. But I, live, yeah, the, I live like smack bang in the middle between Cambridge and Oxford as well, so I don't really know who my local team is. I don't know which one I'd support. <laughs> oh, well, well. You'll have to pick one for next time, mate. Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the draft. We, 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 we... <laughs> branching out a little bit here too far um so also in the second round we we got a position of need again which was uh juan thornhill now mm-hmm. I, I love that name juan, Th- juan, juan thornhill i think it's great it's just a brilliant name <laughs> there's only one thornhill so uh he's um what i like about him he looks it looks as though he's is the complementary selection that would be right next to um matthew wouldn't it Mm-hmm. Um, not a massive tackler, but uh, he can also play cornerback as well, which is good. But he's he's there for his ball hawk skills, isn't he? Oh, I love him. He's a yeah. guy that's played corner throughout his college career, played safety, played linebacker, played pretty much everywhere in outside the defensive line, and he reminds me a little bit of Tyron Matthew. And mm-hmm. I think what the Chiefs drafted here because they couldn't get a corner they got a guy that enables them to have so much flexibility mm-hmm. in that backfield um, they can now ask Matthew to go up and play coverage they can ask Thornhill to go up and play man coverage and they've still got both of them that can patrol the deep middle of the field and the sideline. so I think this pick is the pick of the Chiefs draft um, really? that, I, that confident I, in it? yeah I do I think uh, him along with Frank Clark have made the Chiefs defense so much better because I don't I don't mind Armani Watts I don't mind Jordan Lucas I just don't think they can do enough they're they're okay free safeties at covering two thirds of the field not particularly great at going sideline to sideline 
but they can't do a lot else other than that where I think having someone like Thornhill who you can pretty much line up anywhere and he will do a job with you will be so beneficial to this team and then you've got a guy that clearly has ball skills as well because the Chiefs dropped so many interceptions over the last couple of seasons and that's been mainly through safeties and so if they can tidy that up and start turning the ball over a little bit more then they're laughing yeah I I do love it this is this for me was uh, an A plus pick yeah it's um, it's one of those picks, isn't it, where he understands, like you said, the cornerback side of things. He, he he's got a good knowledge of an all round, you know, knowledge of the of the, of the backfield kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like it. I'm 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 quite impressed with it. Um, when they went safety, I thought, yeah, definitely. That's 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 definitely one we needed. So the first two picks were definitely of position of need. Um, the third one, which uh, in the third round, I I had. I had no idea who this guy was, but um, no, when I watched I. when I watched the interview that he had with uh, B.J. Kissel, I thought, my God, he's like, he's he's got like the same temperament and mannerisms and cheeky face mm-hmm. like Chris Jones, and I thought, I really like him already. I actually, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't even watched any of his footage or anything until later on, but he just looked, yeah, he just looked as though he had that energy, he had that uh, likability and all that kind of thing. And I know it's not what you should look for when you're a, when you're a, you know, a combine scout and all that. But I was really happy with uh, with this pick because it just felt it felt like a feel good pick after all the crap we've had recently. You know, you, you say that, but I think it probably does come into the scouting process. How? Do you think? Like, yeah, I think interviews have a big part to do with it, and I think that teams will look at guys and see if they have an infectious personality, and that's what I think he has. So there is a job for me at the Chiefs. Um, I wouldn't go that far. But yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, extraordinary. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah um, I, I do. I do like the pick. You've got a, a lineman that can backflip. Like, what more else? What more do you want? Like this guy. I don't know if you've been checking out Seth's Twitter time, yeah. but they're, they're pulling up some old Huddle film. Um, I don't know if you've ever used Huddle, Brad, but it's it's awesome tool. It's basically for all amateur. Yeah. Um, American footballers you can go on there and load up your film game film and stuff like that yeah. I used to have a huddle account once when I used to play it's, um, it's since been deleted because I never paid for it um, <laughs> but um, you go onto his huddle account and you can see some of the plays that he made as a tight ender running back yeah <laughs> um, he looks fun doesn't he at, at 16, 17 yeah he just I, I love it he's an athlete and I think Xavier Williams is probably the guy that's going to lose out because of it yeah. he's different to Derek Nardi our third round pick from last year Derek Nardi is very much a guy that you want to hold up against a run Kalen Saunders looks like he's got a little bit more about him he can probably play a bit wider at 7 and 9 he can probably ask to do at the end job every now and then to let mm. them kick Breland speaks inside potentially um, I think it's, he's going to be a versatile player and yeah. I, 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 again, it's another pick that I just think the Chiefs nailed. Like I come out of Friday night feeling really, really good about the yeah. Chiefs draft. Same here. And I felt so much better than I did last mm-hmm. April because we sat here. You were around my house last year for the draft, yeah. and I just remember us talking about the draft on last year's podcast and just being a little bit disheartened. We weren't because, excited by it, were we? Because there wasn't exciting picks. Like I think the one we got excited about the most was Dorian O'Daniel, and it's probably the one that people are still the most excited about. Yeah. But the likes of Breland Speaks, he flattered to deceive. Derek Nardi, okay, he's done well in, 
he's pushing for a starting spot, but he's still not exciting, is he? And then you've got mm. I can't even remember who else. You've got McKenzie, who's the guard, the the lineman, defensive well, he's lineman, just disappeared, slash guard, he, in a way, yeah. who's going to be probably on a practice squad for a year. So after last year, I think Brett Veach ne- needed to nail it, and he was backed into a corner, obviously by the Tyreek Hill news. He was his hand was forced to go and get a wide receiver early, but mm-hmm. the two picks afterwards in Thornhill and Saunders, I, I cannot slay him for at all. I think. Yeah. They're excellent picks. I think their personalities that the Chiefs uh, defense needed. And I just feel like they've got a good culture going into that defensive room now. And It'll be a good a combo, lot of I think. Yeah. yeah. Jones uh, and I, Saunders will be a good a good combo. Uh, I agree. And I think there's going to be a lot of fun on that defense this year. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to be good to watch. It looks like an immovable object as well. Because every time I watched any bit of footage of him, he never mm-hmm. stepped back once. He never got like you know manhandled or anything like that. He, he stood, you know, stood up well. Um, and many a time he actually got through. You know, he mm-hmm. was quite. Um, he's one of those where um, he'll actually shift his weight quite a bit to get round mm-hmm. his blocker, and it's quite unusual to see in a way that you know he'll actually dance around somebody instead of trying to smash through them all the time. So, yeah, I'm I'm very very happy with him. He looks athletic. Reed looks like he's going to have a lot of fun with the playbook with him mm-hmm. in it because he well, looks like a. You mean Spagnuolo, but yeah, I know what you mean. Well, yeah, yeah, you know what Sorry. I mean. But, um, but Paul is. Is one of those that you know we've all loved and all that, and we've 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 loved the hungry pig, right, and all that kind of thing. He's the kind of guy that I think we could have a more fun with. I think. Mm. I really yeah, do. I, I I could see that. I could, yeah, why not? Yeah. Just do it because Let's just sa- do it. Save it for the Broncos. Do it in Mile High this time, <laughs> and just rub it in their faces. Like, yeah, why not? <laughs> why hungry, not? Maybe he needs a different. Maybe he maybe he can be like Hungry Bear or backflipping bear. Maybe he can backflip into the end. Backflipping zone. bear. Yeah. We're already making up names for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> um, this one had this one got me a big laugh because you sent me a, a YouTube link to a, a video of a guy just uh, videoing some deer and then this guy running out <laughs> of nowhere with his dog running through the, chasing the deer and he's going, Fenton! Fenton! Oh, Jesus Christ! Fenton! Fenton! <laughs> Fenton! Please, please tell me you'd seen the video before that. I did, yeah, I did. Oh, I remember right. seeing it, but uh, it, it was, as soon as it was picked, you'd sent me the... It was almost like you'd, you knew it was coming. Yeah, um, it was the first thing that came into my mind as soon as I saw Fenton. the words Rashad Fenton. Rashad I'm Fenton, just, yeah. I'm sat there at two o'clock in the morning and you know, was it two o'clock? No, it was yes, Saturday, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah it was Saturday, about yeah. ten o'clock last night. I'm sat in there in my front room going, Fenton. <laughs> Fenton. Fenton. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fenton. You're going to have to tweet it out now, mate. You're going to yeah. have to. Um, I, oh, I did. I did. Don't you worry. Um, did you do Did you yeah, do it? And the f- the next morning, me and Amy are having a conversation. She's like, oh, are you happy with the players that the Chiefs drafted? And not really taking much of an interest, but, you know, just being polite. Yeah. And I was like, babe, there is a guy that we drafted we are going to have so much fun on the podcast <laughs> with. Fenton! Fenton! Well, uh, Rashad Fenton, cornerback out of South Carolina, uh, now sixth-round pick. I, although the video is great, I'm not overly excited about this pick. This is the only one that I'm not really excited about. He's a bit of a ball hawk, and apparently he's good at punt return. But bye bye, um, Trayman Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, skills as a cornerback, he, he looks a bit panicky, a bit grabby. Um, I'm concerned he's going to be one of those like you know, like Peters, where he draws flags for grabbing the wide receivers. Did, quite a by bit. Peters, did you actually mean Stephen Nelson? 
Uh, no, I meant Peters. <laughs> okay. I'm just, and, well, I'm yeah, just, and Nelson any, as well. Any excuse to take a dig at Stephen Nelson these days, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't Peters actually, and Nelson. I, although I didn't think Stephen Nelson was the best player. In fact, I, I think he was quite overhyped by some Chiefs fans. <laughs> Dave. Um, <laughs> um, I have no, had no issue with the guy, but since he's left, he's been a dick. Yeah. <laughs> he has, <laughs> to, actually, yeah. To be honest. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I think some Chiefs fans have been dick a dick back at him, but um, yeah. yeah, he hasn't helped his cause. But anyways, yeah, Rashad Fenton know absolutely nothing about him. Um, all I'm gonna say about him is Fenton, Fenton, Fenton. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! I think he's gonna be your fan favorite now, mate. I yeah. think you know now we've got rid of Demetrius Harris. I think uh, yeah, I think Fenton's the, uh, the the guy for you. I think. Uh, yeah, but I. Uh... I just didn't like Demetrius Harris in any way, shape, or form. Like yeah. as as a player, I didn't know him personally. Um, I haven't got anything to judge Fenton on yet as a player. Um, so I know you meant that sarcastically, but I, at the moment, Fenton is my favourite player on the Chiefs roster. <laughs> Purely for his name. Purely for his name. <laughs> Okay, moving on then. Uh, this one, this next pick seems to have got a lot of people you excited. Can, by the way, you can half tell we're getting into day three picks now because we are, yeah, yeah, we Who? absolutely Who? nothing, <laughs> no, nothing about him. Um, this next one, um, again, I, I had no idea who he was, um, but having seen the footage, I thought, how did he go in the sixth? Why wasn't he even high, like higher up? You know, mm-hmm. um, Darwin Thompson, running oh. back from Utah, um. This is a very exciting pick, and it's probably one of my favorite. This is probably my favorite pick out of them a lot. This um, guy looks fun. It doesn't he look fun? He, mm-hmm. He's fast. He's elusive. He breaks tackles. Um, very he's, similar style as well. Have you noticed that on the handoff? He looks as though he slows the game down, like Le'Veon Bell. He looks for his oh, wow. look for the looks for the holes, and then he punches through them with his speed. He looks phenomenal. I don't know why he's in the sixth round. Maybe because he's small. Probably, and he is—he is a small guy, but he's extremely muscly. Yeah. Uh, I, he's, I saw the other day; he's got like four percent body fat or something stupid like that, which is just ridiculous. Considering not far off me, considering yeah, I'm about forty-five percent body fat <laughs> times two. Um, <laughs> but the the arrowhead, four in there somewhere. The Arrowhead Pride guys compare him to Tarek Cohen, and to be fair, that's probably the the first player I thought of when I started watching some of his tape. Um, the last. 24 hours or so and um, yeah this running back room is all of a sudden loaded because you've got the two Williams you've got Carlos Hyde who I love and now you've got Darwin Thompson and this other Williams that we've signed as an undrafted free agent which people are saying that he should have been drafted as well and he shouldn't have fell out so I think it was Ryan Tracy's favourite Williams wasn't he so you've got like five guys now three of which are called Williams all vying for what you'd think is probably free jobs because now we've signed Sherman you'd probably think Sherman will keep his job and we'll probably ride free running back so let's say one of the picks, Williams or Thompson, goes to the practice squad. Let's mm-hmm. say Williams because he's the undrafted free agent. Which Williams? Um, the new one. <laughs> the new one. <laughs> the new one. <laughs> then you're looking at what? Daryl, Damien, Williams, Carlos Hyde and Darwin Thompson fighting for free jobs. And I think Damien and Carlos Hyde are locks. But this last job between Daryl and Darwin... Uh, I think is well and truly up for grabs. And uh, my prediction right now is that based on what I've seen from Darwin or Thompson's college tape, he is 
unlike anything we have already have, mm-hmm. I think it will be Damian Williams, Carlos Hyde, and Darwin Thompson going into the season. You think? Yeah. He does look exciting, and other people have said he looks a cross between. Um, let's have a look. Who was it again? They said. Oh man, who I can't. Remember. You know that's that's terrible with me. That and I've forgotten the blooming names. You were going to make a statement, but you didn't have your prep. Yeah, work. Barry uh, Barry Sanders and who was the other one? A combination between Barry Sanders and someone else. Yeah, Barry Sanders, who is widely regarded regarded as the best running back of all time. Yeah, I think that's probably a little bit of a reach. I'm not going to. It's lie. a combination, though. It's not the whole the whole thing of Barry Sanders. <laughs> <is it? laughs> <Yes. laughs> I'm ninety percent as good as Barry Sanders. If he's Oh, that was it. But you got it. That's horrible. I remember who it was. Go on, Marcus Allen. <laughs> oh, okay. The guy that got me into the Chiefs. How can I so, forget that? So um, basically, Darwin Thompson is the love child of Marcus Allen, Barry and Allen, Bar- and Barry <laughs> Barry Sanders, <laughs> and he will now be called Barry Allen by by us forevermore. And <laughs> by the way, that is definitely sticking. Barry Allen. Yeah, I'm calling him Barry Allen. That's it. And Called so, it. Yeah. So now the Chiefs have drafted Barry Allen of Utah State. <laughs> we are 100% winning the Super Bowl next year because we have Barry the Allen. MVP in Mahomes and a combination of the two of the greatest running backs of all time. And his name is Barry Allen. <laughs> I think he'll run with that. Yeah. <laughs> if he changes his Twitter handle to Barry Allen, he knows <laughs> you know he, he listens to the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on uh, to our last pick. Barry um, Allen. It's Barry Allen. <laughs> um, Nick Allegretti. Um, now, I was a bit confused because I think Ara had pride at him down as a centre and then other people had him down as a guard. Mm-hmm. But apparently, he's, you know, he can slip into either, basically. He can do it all. He can do it all. Uh, the guy looks like an absolute door. He's huge. <laughs> he's door. seriously, he's massive. Um, very commanding uh, guard or centre he's, he, like I said he does either very well um, was a wrestler in high school mm-hmm. so he understands his you know his positioning his feet leverage and all that kind of thing against his opponent um, very athletic for his size and does well at run blocking as well so I, I don't I, know what to say here about this guy because it was obvious the Chiefs were going to go for a lineman in the later rounds. Is because it's what we do. It seems it's what we do every single year. Get a year. big guy in. That's yeah, all we need. And yeah. but I think the need is there because we were looking a bit light, uh, especially at centre. Obviously, we've got Austin Ryer who come in for Morse and played very well last year. We signed him to a deal. We then lost Mitch Morse, hmm. so we did need a backup there. And if we've got a guy that can play backup centre, and then back up the two guard positions as well or one of then yeah it's, it's going to be a handy pick I don't feel like there's a need for a, a day one starter mm-hmm. but there was definitely a need for depth and the Chiefs have done again the right thing Brett Veach nailed it this year sorry for what I said last year um, <laughs> absolutely nailed it by getting this late sixth round pick and a, a guy we can just sit there and develop with McKenzie, with the likes of Jordan Devy, and they can just sit there and await their opportunity because at the moment you'd still probably go with the five being uh, Fisher, uh, LDT, wrong side I know, uh, mm. Fisher, Irvin, Writer, LDT, then Mitch Schwartz and yeah. then have those guys to back them up. So I'm absolutely fine with the Chiefs spending a sixth rounder on a lineman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, it, it looks decent enough. Um 
like I say, he looks like a door. He's, you know, he's a man mountain, this guy. He's really big. And you'll never lose him when you're looking back at the footage. You'll go, that's him there, straight away. <laughs> he's that big. He's that big a guy. So um, I, I can't fault him. Again, I don't know that much about him either, but I only kind of picked out the good bits out of him. But um, th- there's obviously a reason why Veach thought he was, he was a good pick. And mm. uh, we just got to run with that. And again, like you said, it's all position and need. Um, and... We, we've we just got to trust in the process we? so we have and so when it comes to needs and stuff like that like where does this leave the current roster because there are some positions that wasn't addressed that we absolutely thought were going to be um, the likes of tight end for example mm-hmm. there's a few guys now sitting there who we've recently signed sorry I can't remember their names but they must be pretty happy about the fact that we didn't go out and get a tight end. I did cry a little bit when the Packers picked up Sternberger because yeah. I was really hoping for that. Um, so I think Veach was going was going to go in for a tight end, but I think it blew it just blew, this whole Tyreek Hill saga has just blown their draft board open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I do agree with that. It's like, do you reckon Ben Green asked? Do you think we would have gone for a wide receiver at all, or in route uh, if? the Tyreek Hill issue hadn't happened no I honestly don't I, I, I don't think they were either I think they were happy to bring on the likes of Byron Pringle and um, Dieter and see mm. if they could be the ones to replace Chris Connolly because Chris Connolly's really the only guy we lost yeah. in the off season but now we've got to replace Chris Connolly and Tyreek Hill so I think that's why they probably went there who do you think stands more of a chance out of Byron Pringle and uh, Dieter to make a, an impact uh, I do like Pringle I really like him um, but I think Deet has got that connection with Mahomes. Um, so I think if he gets his chance, I think he might. He, he's, he's further on, I think, than what Pringle is. So y- your money would be on Deet, wouldn't it? But mm. I do really like Pringle because he's, he's a big guy as well and he's quite fast. My worry, um, with, my worry with Pringle is that we've seen it a few times before with training camp darlings. <laughs> and we saw it with Frankie Hammond Jr. a few years ago. We saw it with Chase Daniel a few years ago. Yeah. That people that play well in shorts and t-shirt or shorts and helmet, no pads in the light contact sessions, they tend to get overhyped a little bit. And I hope I'm wrong about Byron Pringle because a lot of people out there do really rate him. Mm. And if he can translate to the pros, and then there there is a spot there because at the moment you look at the wide receiver depth chart and you've going to exclude Tariq Hill obviously you're looking at Watkins Hardman Robinson then you've got Dieter and Pick Pringle so there's going to be reps out there for these guys and um, they will all be asked to contribute so it's, it'd be interesting to see which one of them to really seize their, their opportunity and take the ball by the horns because it's one hell of a ball that's throwing the ball to them as well cool. so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, um, they are certainly going to get their opportunities yeah, they're all going to be clearly excited about things, mm-hmm. um, you know, going into this. Um, sorry, my son's just bursting into the room there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, get out. Um, yeah, the, the like I said, the, the wide receiver, I don't mind there being a lot there because there's going to be a lot of hungry players there. And mm-hmm. you already saw from my guy, Demarcus Robinson, on Twitter, he's like, this is my time now. Um, he has to. He, he has to do something now this season or else that's it. Yeah, but I you, don't you don't think he's going to be there, do you? Well, no, I do think he's going to be in the team, absolutely. I think he will be relied on as probably a two or three receiver on the depth chart, but I just don't know if he's good enough to fulfil that role. Yeah. Um, but I think he's going to be leaned on a lot because Sammy Watkins 
cannot stay healthy healthy for a full season mm-hmm. um, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see the likes of Demarcus Robinson put up seven, eight hundred yards next season and I think he's going to need to Yeah. Um, the offense obviously the offense isn't going to be leaned on as much this year because yeah. the defense is going to be so much better so there won't be the necessity for us to score 26 points a game at a minimum next year we will be able to win games by scoring 18, 19, 17 points potentially because the defense will be better and of that I am certain. But there are guys on the on the offense that will be leaned on a lot more than they were last year because Tyreek Hill is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And as long as they respond in the right way, show the right attitude and give it their all, they have my support regardless of ability. Yeah. Um, even Demetrius Harris, although I used to like get on his case a lot, and I probably still do now. At least he tried hard, and I'm 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 okay with players um, coming along, playing hard, and playing for the shirt, as it were, mm-hmm. and respecting the shirt and respecting the organisation. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm waffling again. I've kind of lost what I was. Do you know, say. I was just going to butt in actually because uh, Clive McThorg's uh, Clive McThorg has put in there, uh, looking at the number of WRs we have picked up. For uh, for camp at the very least, how much do you think Hill is looking forward to playing in Cleveland? God. <laughs> Thanks for that, Clive. <laughs> There's someone that should be sanctioned. If John Dorsey picks up Tyreek Hill, he's the one that should be sanctioned, not us. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, yeah, that's about There's a lot of jokes floating around that it, you know, if the Chiefs cut him, he's going to the Browns mm-hmm. um, purely because of the hunt and hunt thing. But yeah, um, we'll leave that at that. I think. <laughs> Um, talking of Tyreek Hill uh, Anthony Jaycox has asked do you think the Chiefs should keep Hill as a non-playing staff member to ensure that A the child and mother's well-being is paramount and B to stop other teams taking him on after his inevitable ban no because the Chiefs are not social services that's their job good answer look after Tyreek Hill's girlfriend and their son Um, the Chiefs should distance themselves from Tyreek Hill as much as possible um, the Chiefs have done everything for Tyreek Hill they gave him his second chance and he threw it back in their face so he doesn't deserve anything from the franchise for me yeah okay uh, and the last question we got which is um, we've not really touched on this position at the minute but uh, Ben Green's asked do you think Raglan will actually work in our new 4-3 scheme bearing in mind he was traded to us in the first place when the Bills moved to 4-3 from 3-4 depends where he's asked to play if he's asked yeah. to play in the middle, then he could possibly get away with it. Uh, maybe the Sam, but he, he's certainly not going to play the wheel linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not putting money on him starting. Um, if I was if I say it was going to be any of the three, it would be Wilson, Hitchens and O'Daniel as my starting three mm-hmm. at, at the moment. Um, but again, Veach is a bit of a wheeler dealer, so maybe... He'll find there'll be some cuts cut between now and uh, training camp as well, so maybe he'll yeah. be able to to find another off ball linebacker, um, one that can come in and do some damage. But yeah, at the moment, I don't have Ragland as taking any large portion of snaps. Yeah, is this is my last question? Is Veach done with his trading? If you're specifically asking about Patrick Peterson then that's not going to happen No, I think this Tyreek Hill news is probably a wake up call to him that he Mm. needs to kind of 
build for the future for young talent. He's had his play now, and I was all on board for Frank Clark. I was all on board on Patrick Peterson. But if this, for example, say for example that Brett Veach did give up a lot of premium for Patrick Peterson after the Tyreek Hill news, then we could have been potentially two or three players light lighter than we are right now so um, I think he's done for now Uh, maybe mid-season if we have an injury or something he might start throwing some picks around um, some fourth fifth rounders but uh, I don't see Veach making the big splash on the likes of Chris Harris Xavier Rhodes or Patrick Peterson which we all would love to have in a Chiefs uniform but I just can't see it happening no I think uh, like I said it seems to have done more damage than good really isn't it with the uh the Terry Hill kind of yeah. situation. The, the um, knock on the knock on effect of this this particular incident is going to be felt for a while, I think. And yeah. um, again, it means that for the third, fourth year in a row, that something significant has happened to the Chiefs. That, that if they did have an America's game, it would be incredible. Yeah, it would mm-hmm. be good. Or a thirty for thirty on the Chiefs. Yeah. All right, mate. I think we'll wrap it up at that. No, um, well, before we go. Oh, come on. Give us final draft, thoughts. Give us a draft grade. <laughs> Draft grid. Um, yeah. Quite happy with it. Um, I would probably say B plus. Does that include the Frank Clark trade? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm a B plus without Frank Clark. With yeah. the Frank Clark, I'm an A plus. Um, <laughs> You're all over the Frank Clark trade. Aren't you? I think the Chiefs uh, of all the teams this week. I think the Chiefs acquired the best player. Yeah. Good. I do. Good. There's some there's some great talent in there that's got drafted, but right now, the play, one player that makes the the most difference to their respective team is Frank Clark. This defense um, is looking exciting. It is. I mean, I am generally excited about being excited about the Chiefs' defense again, as opposed to dreading it as we were last year. <laughs> and now we're starting to look at right. Well, are we going to start dreading the offense now? But yeah. uh, like you said, we got Mahomes. Um, he can make anybody look good, can he? Exactly. So, exactly. Exactly. Right, well, that's it for uh, for this week's podcast. Um, those are our thoughts. So let us know your thoughts by heading over to the Arrowheads Abroad Facebook page and Twitter page, which is at KCChiefs underscore UK. And from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. <laughs>